Wouldn't it be nice to have a roadmap of the year with all the opportunities and possible challenges highlighted for you? Astrology can do that, but there are so many factors to pay attention to that it would be very convenient if you could have a guidebook written by some real talented astrologers that skips all the nonsense and gets right to business. You know I'm already talking about Astrology Hub's 2023 guidebook. We do one every year, and this year we really freshen things up with new practices, tools, tips, and insights for navigating your purpose, love life, wellness, career, and finances in the year ahead. So if you want to feel like you're super solid in 2023 and prepared for anything that's to come, just head to astrologyhub.com forward slash 2023 book and get your free roadmap for the year ahead today. Welcome to the Astrology Hub Podcast. I'm Amanda Poole-Walsh, founder of Astrology Hub and your host for our flagship show. We explore the many ways astrology can support you in your relationships, career, health, and personal growth. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast episode is brought to you by The Inner Circle, your place to learn astrology and community with the masters and transform your life in the process. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Astrology Hub podcast. I am so happy you're here. Today, we are back continuing our house series, which is brought to you by our 2023 Inner Circle Astrologer Teachers and Guides. This series is dedicated to helping you understand what all 12 houses mean and what they represent in your life. We've gathered the most commonly asked questions about each house. And we'll be covering those here today, as well as many other things. I am so happy to be exploring the sixth house, which is what we're exploring here today with Cameron Allen, who is an astrologer and an herbalist, and who is masterful at bringing astrological concepts into the body so that we have different practices we can work with to support our bodies during different times in our life. And while we're experiencing different astrological energies, there's so many places that this can go and it's perfect for sixth house exploration. So just a little bit about Cameron. Cameron began his path to understanding mind-body awareness with a degree in health and sports science and psychology, seeing that there was more to understand outside of the colonized education system. He began seeking understanding through direct experience with nature, astrology, herbalism, yoga, root work, and other indigenous modalities. If you want to hear and learn more about Cameron, he's been on the Astrology Hub podcast many times, but you can go to episode 138, which is called Astrology, Holistic Wellness, and the Elements. So check that one out after you're done listening to this. And Cameron, welcome back to the Astrology Hub podcast. Hey, Amanda. Nice to be here, as always. I'm excited to talk about the sixth house in Yeah, the variety of perspectives and reflections that I've gathered over time. I love that. That's another great gift about you, Cameron, and the astrology that you practice is you you do bring in many different types of astrology and also different modalities into your practice. So I am certain we will get a full spectrum of ideas and perspectives on the sixth house. So let's dive in. What does the sixth house represent? Yeah, so overall, I would say the sixth house represents 
illness it would be the first word that comes up, especially just like being a medical astrologer um, and thinking about the things that I see consistently going on with the sixth house. And most people are coming to me about either one, the illness that they already presently have, and or two, trying to prevent illness. So that would be the first thing that I say. And then also the word toil came up for me because it just encompasses so many things. You know, to toil means that something not necessarily the greatest is happening. And so that could be illness, but it also could just be like the drudgery of day-to-day life and trying to like maintain your routines. It's like, it's not always the most easy thing to do. Also traditionally in ancient times, they would say it was the house of the servant or the slave and things like that. And that's not necessarily so much fun either. You know, it also could end up being things like in a more positive note or subjectively positive, to be honest, but like having to do with like being an apprentice, right? And, And like when we think about being an apprentice, the first thing that we did when we were apprentices, especially in the old days, maybe it's not so much now, is we would be just getting people's lab equipment or we would be doing people's dirty work, essentially. So those are the main three things that I would say the sixth house is about, but there's so many other things that I could reflect on. That's more from a a traditional perspective. Um, So I guess I'll talk a little bit about the perspective from evolutionary astrology as well. From the perspective of evolutionary astrology, the sixth house is, is a step away from the fifth house. And the fifth house is having to do with our creativity, but also what we will call the solar inner child. It's the part of ourselves that's like, mommy, mommy, look at me. It's the peak of self-development once coming from the first house, if that's at birth, once we make it to the fifth house, we've kind of like creatively actualized ourselves in some sense of the word. And we're like, mommy, mommy, look at me. And so we put ourselves on the top of the pyramid or we're at the height of the pinnacle of who we think we are and being able to see our own greatness. After that occurs, we have to take another step. And so since we're taking another step, it can't be always about mommy, mommy, look at me. Because everything that I have that is about my creativity, everything that's about my gifts, I have to use those gifts in order to be of service. And so that's another way that we can reflect on what the sixth house is about. Also, when planets or people have a lot of planets in the sixth house, it often always, it has to do with, let's call it like a, they call it an inverted pyramid. So with the fifth house, it's like you're on top of the pyramid and then it gets flipped. And so it's like someone being on the bottom of the pyramid. So one is mommy, mommy, look at me. I'm so great. And then you get to the sixth house and it's something's wrong with me. I have something going on here. Why is, why are, why is every day so hard? And it's this sense of low self-esteem oftentimes. And it's this sense of, yeah, something's wrong with me. Also in the book, uh, Understanding Karmic Complexes by Patricia Walsh, she, she does like past life regressions with like utilizing charts. And a lot of things that came up in that were like what one would call witch wounds. And the witch wound being about um, in the past, from the perspective of past lives, people were saying like something's wrong with them or they're a problem. And so people experiencing themselves as something's wrong with me and I'm a problem, which leads them to want to be of service. Because if you think something's wrong with you, the only value you can bring is if you put yourself below other people. And when I say put yourself below other people, we think of the seventh house being right above the sixth house. 
And when you are being of service, you are putting yourself below other people. And that doesn't have to necessarily be negative. It could just be a context of I'm humbling myself in being of service to other people. Also, the sixth house can be about um, just day-to-day routines, uh, the crises that come up in our life, the daily adjustments that it takes to refine our gifts. So I'll stop there for now. And I'm sure other things will come up as well. Oh, mm, uh, something else came up. So in world astrology, well, they call it mundane astrology now. The sixth house in the in the chart will oftentimes represent the, the laborers. So let's say we were doing a chart for what's going to happen in the year to come in the United States. If there were a lot of things going on in the sixth house or the sixth place, it would be dealing with the laborers in in like trade, like in unions and things like that. The sixth house also has to do with pets. Okay, I'll stop there for now. <laughs> okay. Okay, Cameron, this is the first house in this series where almost everything you said feels, and I'm going to use the word negative, but I don't really, I mean, I guess it all depends on your perspective, but it's a lot of heavy stuff. It's a lot of, I don't think a lot of people aspire to a lot of the things you just described. So I I can imagine having a bunch of planets in the sixth house and hearing what you just said and thinking, oh God, like that doesn't sound very good. Does that mean my life is going to be like a lot of drudgery, a lot of hard work, a lot of being on the bottom of the pyramid? Like, What does it, how do we take all those different sort of interpretation interpretations of that house and apply it to how that would show up in our life? Yeah, I love this question. This is beautiful. Um, and so even to take a step back and maybe add more um, perceived negativity to it. So they called the sixth house uh, what was called the Mala Fortuna. And the Mala Fortuna just essentially means bad fortune. So that confirms what you're saying for sure. So also the sixth house is what's called being in aversion to the first house. And so if the first house is the ascendant, it's like the person and how they're tethered to the earth. And to be in aversion from the first house means that you you actually have a blind spot. You have a blind spot and you can't see what's going on there. And so if you have a blind spot and you can't see what's going on there, then that could potentially and most likely bring up issues. Even think about the blind spots you have in your life. You can't see everything that's going on in your psyche. You can't see everything that's going on in your day-to-day life until it manifests at times. So if you can't see that, then it becomes something that's problematic or catches you off guard. Even in quite literal reality, when it comes to vision, if you look forward, there's even tests you can do. If you look forward, you have specific blind spots and they quite literally go almost in the same type of angle If you were standing at the first house looking forward and where the sixth house is at, you have a blind spot. And so another way astrology is reflected in human life and existence. And also the sixth house is what we call a cadent house. And in some forms of astrology, I'm thinking specifically what's called horary astrology right now. The cadent houses are said to have only 25 percent power to show their stuff. That's a direct quote from Michael A. Bryan. 25% power to show their stuff. So yeah, so that's another reason why the the sixth house can kind of have like some problematic experiences for people. And then it's also considered to be what they call the joy of like Mars is in his joy in the sixth place. 
And so we know Mars has a tendency to be a more difficult planet in astrology. Um, and it takes a lot of like getting rid of things, refining things and like really working hard in, in the, our moment to moment basis of life. And so something that could be just an easy reflection of how this could be could uh, manifest in a positive manner. If I have a lot of planets in the sixth house and specifically if I have the ruler of the sixth house in a positive placement or a placement that is more uplifting then potentially the way in which I'm being of service and in interacting with illness is that I am the healer. I am working with the people who feel like they have a lot going on where they feel less than. So let's even say that I run an organization that's nonprofit and it's for social injustices. Is this a bad thing? We wouldn't say that's a bad thing, but bad things do happen in the world. So we have to have a place in astrology for these things to be reflected. And that's something that we have to like be really mindful of because when I first started astrology, I would lean away from these things that were perceived as bad, quote unquote. But if I do that, then really what I'm doing is is saying no to life itself. Because there are good things and there are bad things in life. And we just have to be really mindful of that and sink into that and know that anything that we say in astrology especially from a broad overview level, is still going to have its variance. So if you have a lot of planets in the sixth house, in the way that you practice astrology, does that mean to you that you have a lot of quote unquote assignments in this area of life or a lot of focus in this area of life? And conversely, if you don't have any planets in the sixth house, does this mean that you're kind of getting off easy and you're not having as much work in that in, in these areas of life? If you have a lot of plans in the sixth house, that definitely has a strong you have a strong assignment having to do with the sixth house. I would definitely say that. And that could be on the positive or subjectively negative side. And if you have no planets in the sixth house, you would look to the ruler of the sixth house and figure out what is this saying about the nature of my experience of the sixth house or the sixth place? And how is it reflecting in the areas of life, which I call like the space of life or the place of life? And then in the sixth house, it also would be just like what's happening in the space of consciousness. And so those two things always have to go together from my perspective. One being the external reflection of what's happening in the manifested external reality, which might be perceived as subjectively negative. But if something's going on in the space within yourself, and you know how to make adjustments and you're adaptable, then these things that people even perceive as crisis might be something that has become your norm based off of your upbringing. And so all these things are, these have this interesting combination of internal and external, objective and subjective. Mm. Okay. As Cameron is speaking about rulers, and if you're out there going, what does that mean? The ruler of the house we have created a free guide for you where you can find out who the planetary rulers are for each of your houses. So we walk you through step-by-step step how to actually decode that for yourself in your own chart. You can go to astrologyhub.com slash ruler. That's astrologyhub.com slash ruler. And you'll get to walk through a step-by-step -step process and, and figure that out. And then, and then as we've been going through this house series, it's become really clear that it's about synthesizing parts of your chart together. And so you're looking at that, the ruler of that house, and then you're looking at where the ruler lives. And then how do those things all go together? 
And this is where interpretation comes in. And this is where practice comes in. So be gentle with yourself. If, if it feels kind of um, advanced at this point, you'll get there. Just start to start to pay attention to the language that every single astrologer in this house series is using. It's, it's very consistent. We're talking about rulership. We're talking about um, house cusp, you know, these, these words that keep coming up. Okay, Cameron. So it is then Mala Fortuna, Mala Fortuna. This is heavy. It, it reminds me of Saturn. Like a lot of the things that you're describing feel very Saturnian, but it doesn't sound like Saturn is necessarily associated with the sixth house necessarily. No, it's not associated with the sixth house from my current understanding. It's more associated with Mars. Mm-hmm. And it's even a reflection of um, the 12th house, which is opposite of the sixth house and Saturn being in his joy in the 12th house. And it also having to do with more long-term chronic issues, whereas the sixth house oftentimes has to do with more acute issues and issues of the physical that are afflicting the more physical body. And we can see that that being the joy of Mars and Mars being a personal planet, it's like afflicting me and my physical body. It's my thing. Yeah. Cameron, could it also mean that Mars also resources us with the energy to handle these kinds of things that come up? I mean, Mars ruling yeah. it, maybe maybe that's like, okay, we, we, you actually have the ability to, to work with those things. Yeah. So Mars being in his joy in the sixth place is often said that when Mars is in the sixth house, it is like actually a a gift, right? Because if you, if you have all these things going on, then it's ideal for you to be able to have some type of ability to adapt to situations and adapt to stress and to be able to also cut away or sever ties with things that would create illness. And to also from a psychological perspective, to be able to say yes and no very easily, because sometimes the psyche part of it is I feel less than or something's wrong with me. So I'm just going to be of service. So learn how to cut ties with that idea and learn how to say no as a form of truly being of service. Okay. Is the sixth house important in alternative medicine and or holistic nutrition? Yeah, I would say it's highly important as far as alternative medicine even even in ancient times, it also was even corresponded with what's called oracular healing. And so that would be more what we call alternative medicine in these days, you know, like somebody who's practicing Reiki or somebody who's an Ayurvedic practitioner and things like this. So what does that mean? Does that mean an alternative medicine practitioner would pay special attention to what's happening in someone's sixth house in order to help maybe diagnose or treat something? Yeah, one six house is one of the first places I go to if somebody's having any type of stressful situation or illness occurring because it's one of the houses of health in general in the chart. So the houses of health being the first house, the sixth house, the eighth house, and the twelfth house. And the sixth house is below the horizon, so it's going to have more to do with the corporeal form or the body. And so we want to look to the sixth house and see what's going on with yeah perspectives on evaluating and or preventing any type of illness, you know, so it could be used uh, preemptively too as well. So that's something really important to consider and think about. It actually brings me to my next question, which is how can we use the sixth house to build a healthy lifestyle? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the first, (laughs) yeah, yeah, totally. So the first thing I would say is 
think about potentially think about the mode that exists within your sixth house. So the mode being, let's say you have Gemini as a sixth house cusp uh, or Sagittarius or, um, or Virgo or Pisces. If you have any mutable mode in as your sixth house cusp, you want to be mindful to be able to structure your day-to-day life in a way where there is changeability. You want to be able to do this and do that because sometimes when people have a mutable sign on the sixth house cusp, they have a tendency towards perceiving themselves to have a difficulty with routine and structure in their day-to-day life. But this is just only a perceived issue because the way in which we've been conditioned is that to have discipline and structure means you do the same thing every day, which this is not necessarily true. It's not necessarily the case. And this is why it's important to understand astrology so you can know yourself. Because if you have a mutable sign on the sixth house cusp, then maybe you'll give yourself a variety of things to do at specific times. And that could be more helpful. Or you can allow yourself to be more playful with how you structure your routines or you create new routines every two months. And so this thing that people will call maybe scattered or not consistent actually can be a form of consistency. But we have to be able to have the clarity and awareness to see that. Mm, I love that. It's it's the individual differences in how to take care of ourselves. Often we hear these overarching prescriptions, essentially, like this is what you need to do in order to be healthy. And what you're pointing out is that there are nuances. There is not one size fits all. There's different ways to, to get to the same goal of health. How would one work with sixth house placements in a way that makes it strong? Like how, how do you strengthen yourself in the sixth house area of life? Yeah, the first thing that I would do is question where is the ruler of the sixth house? And wherever that ruler of the sixth house is, focus on that thing at least five minutes a day to begin with. Even if you're just focusing on it as far as sitting down and meditating on it, you know, because the planetary ruler will say, what is the thing that you must toil over or something that you have a tendency to toil over in your life? So wherever it's at in the chart, whether it's a area of life or a place in your mind, depending on how you're using, utilizing the astrology from either a more concrete perspective of the area of life. So let's say the ruler of the sixth house is in the 10th house. It's like daily, like focusing on what is your career? What are you doing out in the world? What is your purpose? Are you focused on your reputation? But if that same placement was occurring and you're thinking about your psyche, you want to think about how you might feel like you're not good enough or you feel less than based off of the social norms out in the world, based off of your career. Are you thinking that you're less than than somebody else because of the way your career is panning out? And is that necessarily true? So those are the ways that I would I would tune into it from a, a preliminary perspective. Yeah. Cameron, is the sixth house the same as Virgo? As you're describing the sixth house characteristics, I'm also thinking, oh, that sounds like Virgo. So is it the same or is it not the same? <laughs> okay, so the sixth house is not the same as Virgo. The sixth house oftentimes has a resonance with Virgo. And also in astrology, we have to be mindful of the context of the content and know that different forms of astrology perceive things in different ways. 
And so since there are different systems, somebody from this system says that's not a thing. And somebody from this system uses that perspective and they do just fine with it. So let's take evolutionary astrology for a second. We have what's called the natural zodiac. And so if we use what's called the natural zodiac, Aries would be resonant with the first house. So coming all the way to the sixth house in Virgo being the sixth sign, then Virgo would be resonant with the sixth house. And that means something, right? Because then you if any painter knows if you have a palette, it's like if you have blue and you have green, if you paint blue right here and then you paint green up here, it's not going to affect the blue. But if you paint green right here and then blue right there, it starts to change the color in the shades. And so this is the way that we blend things together more in evolutionary astrology. But from a traditional astrology perspective, this is not the case in any way, shape or form. However, if we go to medical astrology, we can see that the sixth house also can represent the same area of the body that Virgo is represented by. But it still would have layers of what comes first versus what comes second. Cameron, this I mean, this has been part of the discussion as we've gone through the house series, because it can be very confusing, right? Especially when you're first learning astrology, because some practices of astrology do teach you that each of the houses is associated with a certain zodiac sign. And that's more of a modern approach, but the traditional astrology, it's, it's not, it's not the case. However, there is overlap in, in the qualities. So what I'm taking away from it is that it can be helpful to understand the sign that modern astrology puts with houses, but that they aren't the same thing. It's not, it's not interchangeable. They're two different things, but it's helpful to know the sign because a lot of the qualities are represented by that house. One of the, the things that Donna Woodwell brought up in the third house discussion was that anytime, if, you, if you've been taught modern astrology and you hear descriptions of a house and all of a sudden there's some things that feel really random, like, whoa, where did that come from? Like how you added pets at the end. It's like all these things. Oh yeah. And pets. It's like, what, Like, where does that even come from? That probably those are traditional things that, that were assigned to those houses and, and there's reasons for them. So understanding the traditional thinking around the houses is really helpful too. So anytime I walk away from these conversations, it's like, okay, it's really helpful. A, to know that these different approaches exist. B, to start somewhere and then layer, you know, add, add in the other perspectives as you go. It's okay to start where you're at. Don't think, don't feel like you have to know everything at once, but just be aware that there's, there's other, there's other um, house systems and definitions. And at some point you're going to be really good at synthesizing and knowing when to bring in which, which perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And I would just say again, like know yourself. And if you know, that's going to throw you off to hear all these things, you know, understand what we're saying here and then pick one for now and then allow yourself to contemplate and expand on it because it's really about building a relationship with the cosmos and with yourself at the end of the day because i'll give an example right now because the way i synthesize even small pets in my own meditations in my own contemplation if we see that virgo in the sixth house has a co-rulership with the the digestive tract when we think about the gut brain the gut brain has approximately the same amount of neurons as 
the amount of neurons that exist in a cat's brain or a dog's brain. And so you see, like, it's, it actually does kind of weave in in some sort of way. And I find this consistently. But someone has to be diligent enough to take the time, right? Day-to-day routines. We're talking about sixth house. It's like you have to take your time to figure that out. And the sixth house, again, is about also about necessary adjustments and refinement. So if you give yourself the space and time to do that, then things will become more clear. Yeah. Hopefully now that we're on the sixth house, you're all hearing me say enough over and over. Just be patient with yourself where you're at. This is a lifelong exploration. Enjoy the process. Enjoy the ride. And if you get to those places where you're like, what? That just confused me. I have no idea what they just said. It's okay. Just stick with it. Take what you can. Leave the rest and trust that like building a house, eventually you're going to look back and be like, oh my gosh, I've built a beautiful palace here or cathedral or whatever, whatever analogy you want to use there. Okay. So if you are looking at your transits and you're seeing that you're going to have maybe some heavy hitters transiting through the sixth house, maybe Saturn or Pluto or even Neptune, how do you, or Uranus, (laughs) how do you, how do you view that without getting nervous? Like, does that necessarily mean you're going to get sick? Does that necessarily mean that issues around the body are going to come up? What does that mean if you're having some big transits uh, through the sixth house or at angles to the sixth house? Totally. Yeah. So I would say it is significant for the body, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you will get ill. So let's take, for instance, when Uranus went into my sixth house, that's when I started experimenting with all types of diets. And to this day, Uranus is still in my sixth house and I'm still experimenting with diets and I'm experimenting with how to innovate ancient ways of being in life and like how to put that into my daily lifestyle. Right. And so that's one thing to consider also considering what is the nature of that planet? So if we have Mars in the sixth house transiting, are you going too fast in your day-to-day life? From a medical perspective, Mars would have a co-rulership with the adrenal glands in your day-to-day life. Are you doing things that are tapping and taxing your adrenal glands? And so these are easy questions that we can ask in order to move forward with more intelligence and grace. Because like I was saying before at the beginning, these things that we considered or perceived to be blind spots, utilizing astrology, they don't necessarily even have to be blind spots. So this is the way that we can actually see the unseen utilizing astrology. Mm, That's powerful. Does the sixth house have anything to do with mental health in astrology? Okay. So like the thing is when we think of things below the horizon, it's going to have more to do with the physical corporeal body, like I was saying before. So it's going to indicate things having to do more with physical health. And the 12th house is going to have things more to do with mental health. And these are generalizations. And I say they're generalizations because let's say you have the ruler of the 12th house in the sixth house or the ruler of the sixth house in the 12th house, then these things start to combine and blend and be together. So also in saying that if you have something going on with your body and you don't have enough magnesium, then you're going to actually mentally feel tense and that's going to become problematic. So I, yeah, I mean, so yes and no, no. And Did you yes. just randomly bring up magnesium or does it have something to do with the sixth house? Well, the sixth house oftentimes can be a place that is stressful 
And it's like things that we're doing in our day-to-day lives. And a lot of times people have magnesium deficiencies. And so that's one of the things that I would invite people to figure out what form of magnesium you need in your day-to-day life so that you don't feel so tense and stressed out and like anything that's like not necessarily a good fortune in your life. You know, if you take magnesium, it'll relax you a little bit. So it's all good in the sixth house still, you know, just be calm. <laughs> I just started taking magnesium. It's, it's amazing. Uh, synchronicity. And, and my daughter last night was like, mama, why are you taking magnesium? I was like, I don't actually really know. I just feel like I need to. So, okay. Cameron, can the sixth house point to health problem solutions and useful remedies? Absolutely. Anything that points to a solution is pointing to a problem. Anything that's pointing to a problem is pointing to a solution inherently. And so we have to like keep that spectrum consciousness going with that pers- from that lens, you know? And so if, if there's something that you were doing oftentimes too, you know, the six houses, the things that you're doing in your day-to-day life that happen to create illness. So if you know what you were doing in your day-to-day life to create illness, bring in some joyful Mars energy and get rid of it. And also be mindful to put the effort towards moving in a different direction. And those are all like Martian things, you know, with the six house being the joy of Mars. And so just being mindful that that can help um, in traditional astrology or traditional medical astrology, the remedy of something would more be significant of the 10th house, especially if we're doing what's called a decumbrature chart. Everybody close your ears and don't listen to that if you don't know what that is. Thank you. <laughs> I know some, sometimes we just have to have selective listening when, when it gets really technical and all these new words. It's like, okay, I'll just, I'll listen to the pieces I can catch. Okay. How is the sixth house useful in forecasting? Do you use the sixth house when you're, when you're doing any sort of predictive astrology? Oh yeah, for sure. So like I was saying before with the world astrology, if it, if a lot of things are going on the sixth house, then it's going to have to do with laborers of the country. And then also if we think about solar return charts, And if a lot of stuff's going on in the sixth house, then that would emphasize or tell somebody, hey, hey, focus on your health or your day-to-day routines in order to either remove illness or watch out for accidents that might happen at a specific time during the year. Because sometimes we have this perspective of, oh, no, am I going to get sick this year? And really, it's just like one accident happens and you trip and fall and you hurt your knee for a month and you were like upset or you were anxious for the whole year. And like, that's not really necessary, you know? So it can get, it gets more predictive and it gets more concrete if you look at what's really going on. Also with another timing technique called annual perfections, sometimes you're just in a six house year. And so that whole year, the six house is going to be prominent. So you want to be mindful of planning so that you don't overwork yourself and feel like you're not getting back what you're putting in. I love that you bring that timing element up. And this is where consulting with a professional astrologer can be super helpful, especially if you are concerned about health things. It's one of the reasons why I'm so excited that Cameron's working on our Astrologer Connect platform, because having the medical perspectives and having the perspective about how to best take care of your body at different times in your life is super helpful. So something else um, with forecasting in the sixth house, also having to do with if you were raised in a situation in which you had a lot of religiosity or upbringing around um, religion that made you feel small or not good enough, if there's a lot of things pointing to the sixth house um, during any type of forecasting, 
then it would be it would be a great time to focus on the word discernment and having discernment and knowing like what is true and what's not true. What is making you feel like your self-esteem is small? What's making you feel like something's wrong with you or you shouldn't be doing this thing that you know you should be doing or you like to do? Because when you grew up, you had a specific specific religious upbringing and that's going more back to like the perceived witch wound. It's just things that have made us feel small or, or like have made us little because of the religious upbringing that we, that we have, you know, with that square to the ninth house. It's like the beliefs are like harsh to the sixth house energy. So whenever you have a lot of stuff going on in the sixth house, just be mindful to have discernment and know if you have a lot of things coming up with self-esteem and not feeling good enough, you want to like stay tuned into that. And honestly, you want to be with it. You don't want to move away from it necessarily. You want to be with it so that you can process it and digest it. Yeah, that witch wound thing is real. I'm sure a lot of people in our audience have that inherently, that your gifts are bad and dangerous. You as a person are, uh, you know, just being who you are is, is a danger or a threat that, you know, you can't really shine your gifts because you'll get in trouble and, or potentially lose your life. You know, your, the, the perspective that you bring your connection with nature, all that it's, it's threatening. And yeah, I mean, that, that witch wind thing goes deep and I can see how uh, the religion tie-in is right there and squared, like you say, that ninth house of, you know, our beliefs and we haven't gotten there in the series yet, but and that's why we're recommending like watch this series over and over, because as you get exposed to each house for the first time, once you go through the whole series, you're going to be able to go back and they do refer to each other. You know, these houses don't live in a silo, so they're going to be referring to each other. It'll be helpful for you to go back again and go, oh, you're going to pick up more things the second time around for sure. But that's that's a really important point. And it seems like a lot of people would be able to, with some light shown on that, subconscious or blind, you know, that blind spot really start to own that aspect of themselves and no longer feel like they have to hide it or apologize for it or be afraid of it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I guess I'll say this for the last thing in the sixth house. And it's something that I've been working on for a bit now, whenever you have outer planets, significant outer planets um, in the sixth house, be mindful of how this is a transpersonal experience. And so that means the transpersonal is meaning the experience is beyond you. And so know that it might be coming through your lineage, whatever the issue might be going on in the sixth house. If you have some type of illness, you're like, but I've been healthy. I've been doing this and that. Be mindful that it might be coming from where you come from. It's beyond you. So know that, be mindful of that. And you know, it, it can be really, really helpful. That's huge. That's huge because I, I know for myself, so many times things will come up and I'm, I'm looking for the source of it within my own life. And that can be frustrating when it's not obvious. So being able to trace it back, oh, okay, you know, is this something my parents dealt with? Is this something that, you know, is in my lineage? Maybe it's even cultural or goes back to your, your land of origin, you know, whatever it is, that can be helpful too, to, to find that, that initial seed or that beginning of the thread, right? And get to the root of it. Absolutely, yeah. And then from an evolutionary astrology perspective, Michael D. Baker would say that it's not just transpersonal, but he calls it multipersonal. And so mm. what multipersonal means, 
from an evolutionary astrology perspective, anyone is tuned into evolutionary astrology. It's about the multiplicity of lies that you have had and how you're experiencing things in this present moment in reflection of those things. So in, in what I have found is it literally, it quite literally to me, because those are all ideas. And in truth, they don't matter to me in the way of, was it me 25 years ago before I was born this time? Or was it three generations ago in my lineage? You know, being really mindful that they're one and the same at the end of the day um, in this present moment experience. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Sometimes the story is helpful. Like sometimes if you can if you can track down the story, it's helpful. And sometimes it's not necessary, like you're saying. I know I've had some past life regressions and you, you brought up Patricia Walsh earlier. I know she does a lot of work with astrology and past life regression, which is fascinating, but I've had a few past life regressions that have helped me get to the core of certain wounding that has felt immensely helpful. And then there's been times where it's like, you know, yeah, you can go down and explore and try to figure it out and all that, but it's not necessarily what's needed. It's just, the awareness that it's probably not from this time. That can be enough sometimes. Okay, Cameron. So in summary, the sixth house, a very interesting and nuanced house, I would say. Uh, one of the things you talked about it is it being an aversion from the first house and the first house being all about who we are and how, how it's a, it can include blind spots about who we are. And so sometimes those blind spots manifest as illness. And then that can actually, if we can actually work backwards a lot of time from the illness that's manifesting to figure out what that's trying to tell us about ourselves. So that can be super helpful. But the first thing you said is that the sixth house is illness. You also said toil. So like our, our work, our routines, it's associated with being in sort of like an apprenticeship position where you are humbly and with discipline learning something. You said uh, traditionally it was the house of the servant or the slave, and, but but really this is getting to this idea that it's not always about me. So the fifth house is like it, me, like look at me, and the sixth house is like, hey, it's not always about you. Your gifts are meant to be used in service for others. Mm -hmm. uh, it can also have some deep psychological sort of wounding here. What's wrong with me? Low self esteem. You brought this up. You brought the witch wounds up here. Uh, I'm a problem. Like there's something wrong with me. I'm a problem. I know that my 13 years of Catholic school ingrained, or maybe the Catholic you know, religion in, in general, and I'm not saying anything bad. If Catholicism works for you, awesome. But for me, the idea that I was born with original sin, it, it sort of pounded in like you are bad and wrong from the get-go. Like from the first breath you take, you are wrong. And it was like, oh man. And there's no really way to escape that except dying, but only if you die a good girl. So there was a lot in, you know, baked into that idea. So I can see how this, again, is this witch wound really tied to some of these religious ideas, but this word humbling self in service to others, you said laborers working hard and healer. So potentially some of these uh, illnesses or wounds or things that are, they, they also make you a really amazing person to help facilitate healing for other people. Obviously you'd have a lot more compassion for what people are going through. You'd have a lot more understanding and a lot more knowing about the specific thing that you're wanting to treat or helping to treat. 
it definitely is associated with alternative medicine that transits to this house help you to evaluate what might be going on also to prevent what's going on. And you said that one great way to strengthen it, or I guess maybe uh, use it to your advantage in terms of health challenges would be to look at the mode. And so if it's cardinal uh, fixed or mutable and take some of those elements of that mode and apply it to your daily routines, the way that you're doing, you know, taking care of your body. Is there anything else that, is there anything I said incorrectly or that you'd want to add to what I just said? That was a great synopsis. Um, And I'm always appreciative of your ability to listen. So thank you for that. I guess I'll add a bonus for people who also want extra, just from the perspective of being uh, further in their studies. Uh, And so every single house has specifically three topics that are um, highlighted from a traditional perspective. And so sometimes with astrology, people are like, well, how does this mean this, this, and that? And how do I unpack that? That doesn't make any sense, you know? And so if you happen to know with what triplicity lords are in astrology, then they would represent the three topics that we would find in the sixth house. And so the first triplicity lord will represent health. The second triplicity lord will represent service and also kind of like the subordinates that you that work for you in a sense. And then the third triplicity lord would have to do with like work or feeling overworked and underpaid. And so those are the three triplicity lords of the sixth house. Wow. I have so many questions based on, <laughs> based on that bonus. Triplicity lords, it's like another layer to the ruler of the house. Is that a way to think about it? Yeah, you can think about it that way. Because if you look at the sixth house, you can all, you always be like, oh, the planetary ruler of my sixth house is this. And that could be one way you read one way that you read it. And then another way you can read it is the first triplicity lord of my sixth house is this planet, which might be a different planet than the actual ruling planet. The second triplicity lord is this planet, which means something else. The third triplicity lord is that planet, which means something else. And it gets more specific from there. Wow. I I love that you just brought in a bonus, Cameron. You are also, I know you've taught a lot of yoga. And sometimes I think of that when we're doing astrology classes, it's like, okay, here's, here's the basic sequence that pretty much everyone can do, maybe with some modifications. And then there's always that really advanced move where your teacher's like, levitating or upside down or like balancing on like one finger <laughs> for the advanced students. So I tell these, our astrologer teachers, like make sure that the basic sequence is something pretty much everyone can get, but don't be afraid to throw in a few uh, very advanced things for those advanced students and everybody else in the class. I know when that happens in yoga class I'm in, I just look at them and go, wow, that's amazing. Maybe someday I'll be able to do that. So if you're feeling that way right now about what you, Cameron just said about triplicities, awesome maybe someday you will be able to get there. And in the meantime, just enjoy where you're at. Cameron, this has been so helpful. Thank you. I'm so glad that you were selected to do the sixth house, perfect representative of the sixth house. And I know that one of the things I admire about the way that you practice astrology is that you really integrate it into your day-to-day life. I mean, you it's like you're aware of, the astrology of the day, the the different phases of the of the moon and all the different things. And that 
helps to inform how you actually approach your day, which I just feel is such an, a next level way to commune and be in relationship with the cosmos. And I love that about the way you do astrology. So thank you for bringing that to us here today. Yeah, absolutely. And as always, it's been amazing with you in the community. Awesome. Okay. So if you're interested in learning more from Cameron and the other astrologers in this house series, you will be able to study with them all year long with the inner circle. We're going to be opening up the inner circle enrollment in March this year at a, right around the equinox. And you can get on the wait list now. The wait list is astrologyhub.com slash IC23. And when you get on the wait list, you also get a free mastery class, which is valued at $97. So a little bonus gift for you while you're waiting for enrollment to open. Uh, also, you can connect with Cameron on the Astrologer Connect platform. If you're looking for a personalized reading on your health and your wellness and your well-being and or, and, I mean, Cameron's an amazing astrologer in general. Uh, but specifically so good at that, those kinds of questions as well. You can um, check out the Astrologer Connect at astrologyhub.com slash connect. In the meantime, we'll look forward to connecting with you on the seventh house of this house series. And if you've missed the first houses, one through five, they are available for you on the podcast. So you can check them out there. Make sure you download your free gift, astrologyhub.com slash ruler. It's going to help you really start to put all these pieces together. Thank you everyone so much for being here, for being a part of our community. And as always, for making astrology a part of your life. We'll catch you on the next episode.